0: Chapter 14, verse 33. This is our theme verse for this series of lessons, which is avoiding confusion. We're going to turn to 1 Corinthians 14, 33. I'd like for all of us to read this verse out loud together and then jump into our topic for this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. Follow along on the back of your bulletin if you would. It'll have the points and the references that will cover together. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 33, the Bible says, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. One more time, everybody together. Here we go. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. Is it not so true that we live in a society, in a culture that is so Confused, but that is not of God. The confusion that permeates uh, the country in which we live is evidence that our society has full scale rejected the God of the Bible. That's, 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 that's without debate. It is frustrating, it is infuriating, it is incredibly sad and scary on the one hand, and it's heartbreaking on the other. But the confusion that we want to avoid as God's people, the, the, the confusion that absolutely does not come from God, it is perhaps nowhere best illustrated than by what we're going to study this morning. I didn't put the topic or the title because there wasn't space on the bulletin. We're going to study the Bible and gender, the Bible and gender. It seems unimaginable that we would even have to have the conversation. For the past 6,000 years of human history, every society in every place all over the world has understood what a male is and what a female is. For the last 6,000 years, scientists could dig up bones of dead humans and immediately identify whether that human was a male or a female, and for 6,000 years, those have been the only two options. And what changed was not some kind of scientific discovery, right? There's no no new information that brought about this so-called enlightenment. The transgender movement is not the product of scientific advancement, it's a product of the sexual revolution of the 1960s that hasn't stopped. Our society got on a slippery slope and we have made it a long way down that slope and it doesn't look like it's flattening out anytime soon. We've come a long way in a short time, but there's, there's a whole lot farther to go. Have you ever been driving down the highway? You probably haven't been driving down the highway too much, but have you ever noticed the signs, steep grade next 10 miles? Right? Uh, I, I feel like we've got a steep grade for a long time coming in this country. Do you understand? We mentioned this on Tuesday night when we were with the young men. We'll mention it again. I would love to see our nation full scale turn back to God, have revival, right? Not necessarily holding my breath. I, I'm not saying God couldn't do it, but it's dependent on people repenting. And that's possible, not incredibly likely. That is something we ought to desire and pray for, but we shouldn't make that our only hope. What are we going to have to do? I don't see things getting all that better as far as society goes. And what that means is that it is increasingly incumbent upon us and especially you in your generation be able to face these issues biblically and deal with them honestly and intelligently and lovingly but to firmly stand for the truth and never apologize for the truth and be able to articulate the truth and refuse to be bullied by people who are so confused because they've rejected God and at the same time maintaining a heart of compassion for those who have been blinded to the truth or closed their eyes to the light. And there's so much that we can say this morning politically, socially, culturally, scientifically, historically. But with our limited amount of time, we are going to devote to the topic. We're going to study biblically what the Bible says about these matters. Because as Bible-believing Christians, right? We base every aspect of our lives on the revealed truth of the Word of God. That's what it means when we claim to be Bible-believing Christians, that, that every aspect of life is based on what God said in the Bible. And so our primary consideration is always, what does the Bible say? So let's see, Romans chapter 9 and verse 20. Romans chapter 9 and verse 20 is the first passage I'd like you to turn to with me and see. I believe this is a great summary of the issue that we're discussing this morning. Romans chapter 9 and verse number 20. Romans chapter 9 and verse 20. The Bible says, Nay, but O man, who art thou? that repliest against God. Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Think about that. Let that sink in. Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Psalm 139, verse number 14. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. By whom? By God. Every human being is the handiwork of an almighty God. God formed you. God fashioned you. God made you. God gave you life. God put you here on purpose. And he made you the, the way he made you. On purpose. It was not an accident. It was not a mistake. But shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, why hast thou made me thus? You see where we're going with this? It's a New Testament quotation of an Old Testament passage. I'm going to turn to it quickly. We've got a lot to cover. I'm going to try to go fast. Um, Isaiah 29, 16, the wording there is like this. Isaiah 29, And verse 16, surely your turning of things upside down. Does that sound familiar? I feel like our whole society is upside down. Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay, for shall the work say of him that made it, he made me not. Denying the existence of the maker. That's what's taking place. Or shall the thing framed say of him that framed it, he had no understanding. He didn't know what he was doing. He didn't do it right. He messed up. Okay? Now listen, I, I want to be compassionate this morning. I, I want us to look at this through this lens. People that are gender confused, what's the ultimate problem? They're unhappy with how God made them. They're blaming God for, for making a mistake, I'm a male, but I'm trapped in a female body. Yeah, I was once too. Then I was born, <laughs> right? But 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 that's that, that that that's the claim. I'm I'm female on the outside, but I'm really male on the inside. There's supposed to be. Now it, it, it's so interesting. You 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 win and lose by who gets to define the terms in a conversation. Okay we have two different terms that we use to describe this sex and I'm just talking about male and female or gender okay and gender is increasingly used not because we're trying to be cleaner in our language but because it has been redefined because in the textbooks sex is tied to your biology. You're born one way or another and the doctor can immediately tell and make an announcement. It's a boy. Or it's a girl. That's your sex. They But now gender is being redefined as what you feel like. What you identify as. There There is supposedly the possibility of this difference between your sex and your gender what's the only difference the only difference is somebody who's saying god made me one day one way but i don't like it god made me a certain way but i don't think it's right the one who framed me didn't know what he was doing it's an unhappiness it's an unhappiness with what god did point number 1 Gender confusion is rejection of God's creation. Gender confusion is rejection of God's creation. I I, I said we're on a slippery slope and we've come down so far. Part of that slope was the teaching of evolution, the denial of God as a creator. And you can see how when we get rid of God as the creator, we get here. Shall the thing formed of him say of him that formed it? He had not made me. Denying the Creator leads to this type of confusion and unhappiness. Psalm 119, 73, I did want to read this verse. It says, Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Now, listen, up until very recently in our country, this issue where someone decided they were a different gender than what they were biologically up until very recently that was listed by all the doctors and all the psychiatrists as a psychological condition those people needed pity and those people needed help and it was incumbent upon us to be compassionate and offer them the help they need to get over that problem right But we have come to the point now, there has been so much pressure put on society and doctors and psychiatrists have been so bullied that they have had to recategorize the condition. And at this point, what we're supposed to do is go along with the make-believe and not just go along with it and pretend right along with them we are supposed to applaud it, we are supposed to celebrate it, we are supposed to accept it as normal, and if we don't, we are categorically hateful bigots. We've come a long way. Now, listen, here's why it's important to recognize that. Because the same exact path the same exact digression took place with homosexuality. It used to be listed in medical textbooks as a psychological condition that people needed treatment for. And now there are a lot of places where you can get in legal trouble for being a Christian trying to offer help to people who want it to get out of that lifestyle. It used to be You've got a psychological issue. Let's get you some help. Now, if you say it's an issue, you've got a psychological issue, and you're canceled. All right? The same path that was taken with homosexuality is the same path that's been taken with transgenderism. Listen, listen. for 20 years, preachers have been saying, and I agree with it wholeheartedly. I'm scared to say, I'm sad to say I do. The The next one up is pedophilia they're already pushing for it to be moved out of the category of a psychological condition it's scary but what we have to recognize it is important that we recognize this is a spiritual issue it is a rejection of god it is a rejection of creation god made you god made you what he made you god made he made you how he made you. He did it on purpose. He doesn't make mistakes. You are what God made you to be. He has a purpose for your life. That is perhaps the most basic and the most powerful line of reasoning for anyone that's caught up in the societal wave of confusion and struggling with these issues listen i am for the truth and i am against those who are trying to pervert the truth but i also have the only thing that can help anyone who's influenced by the perversion that surrounds them so i've got to be willing to stand for the truth and speak these truths and come back to romans 1 because we got to read these verses again so that we can we can wrap our minds around this what we want is to be able to help people right Listen, if, if you grow up in this country today and you go to public school and you watch TV and you're on TikTok and Snapchat and Instagram and social media, right? If, if, all, if, 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 you, have, if you have been inundated with 18 years of nothing but those influences, what else are you supposed to think? What else are you supposed to believe? A, a lot of the people in our country have never been given the alternative. And it's not necessarily producing happiness. There is more suicide in America, in young people, today, in 2023, than ever in the history of the country. Is, is this stuff working? Is it making people happy? Is it it giving them wonderful lives? Absolutely not. Right? So, So I can't back down from the truth. I can't be mean. I can't be hateful. I can't be cruel. But I can't, to not speak the truth would be to be hateful. Love cannot stay. Silence. So we've got to make sure we understand these things. We've got to put forth the effort to be able to articulate these things. And we can't be afraid to stand up and speak up because that's the only way we can help people. Does that make sense? Look at Romans chapter 1. So many of these issues that we're dealing with in our society come back to Romans chapter 1 because here's the digression as laid out in Scripture and it's illustrated right before us. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 18. The Bible says, for the wrath of God, and that's that's a big problem today, isn't it? God can't have wrath. But you know what? God is not subject to our opinions. God is not who we think he ought to be. God is who he said he is. We are subject to him. He's not subject to us. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men who hold the truth. See, men hold the truth in Unrighteousness. They hold the truth, but they let go of it. They don't want to hold that. Verse 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Every man is given light, John 1, verse number 9. Every man is given faith, Romans 12, verse 3. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and is so that they are without excuse. You can go out at night, look at the stars, and the heavens will declare to you the glory of God right? Every painting has a painter. Every book has an author. Every building has a builder. Every watch has a maker. And creation argues for a creator, okay? Invisible things of him are clearly seen. What's the problem? Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. They didn't allow him to be God. They didn't give him his rightful place as God. Neither were thankful, Covetousness has played into this. Ingratitude has played into this. But became vain in their imaginations. They made up stuff that doesn't make any sense at all. Vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. So God made us God reveals himself. God plants truth in every person's heart, but our society as a whole has rejected that truth, and so what's the result? Vain imaginations, foolish hearts darken, people who think they're real smart are really dumb. If you don't know the difference between male and female, that's really basic, that's really easy, right? And then what happens? Verse 24, Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their bodies between themselves. They changed the truth of God into a lie. Verse 25. God gave them up to vile affections verse 26. Even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. You know what we have verses 27 and 28? Homosexuality. You know what it is? It's a result of people rejecting God. It's just, it's the digression. It is what it is leads to and it doesn't lead to happiness, contentment, more domestic violence between homosexual partner, partners than heterosexual partners, more divorce, more violence, more suicide between homosexual partners than heterosexual partners, just the way it works. You don't get AIDS by being straight. You don't get monkeypox, right? By following Genesis 2. Okay. Verse 28, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Here's what I want you to recognize from this this passage. The conditions we observe in our society. God God gave them up verse 24. God gave them over verse 26. Um God gave them over, verse 28. The conditions we observe in society do not prove that we deserve the judgment of God, but that we are under the judgment of God. Think about this with me. This is important to understand. I I think oftentimes we think this way. Man, things are so bad in in, in America. We've turned from our foundation as at least a God-fearing country. We had better repent or God is going to judge us. No, we crossed that line a long time ago. We crossed the line in verses 21 and 22 a long time ago. The fact that we're in verses 24 through 28, those are the judgment of God. What we are experiencing, what we are seeing, this nation is under God's judgment. God has given us over, given us up. I'm not speaking as individuals. I'm speaking corporately as a society, as a culture. We're already in the judgment phase of the passage. Okay? Come with me to Genesis chapter 1. Let's back up even farther. Where we're at is is in the this is what will happen if you reject me portion of Romans 1. And and it, it gives the explanation, the reason why we're there. Rejection of God's creation. But it's not just a rejection of God's creation. Gender confusion is a rejection of God's order. Gender confusion is rejection of God's order. What are we talking about? Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, stop right there. That means he gets to decide what's right and wrong. He made it. It's his to do with what he wants. Verse number 26, here's what he chose to do. And God said, let us, God, Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God, singular, said, let us, plural, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, so God created man in his own image. Let's just stop right there. Environmentalism, okay? Um, We ought to be good stewards, Of what God has given us But Jesus said People are more important than birds The Bible says God cares more for humans Than he does for Oxen You know society is messed up We want to save the manatees But kill the babies Alright Man was given dominion Creation is for man The, The environment is for humankind The animals are for us Tasty, right? Okay, T- take good care of it. Be a good steward. Um, but that whole tree-hugging thing is in Romans 1. They worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. It's part of the problem. Verse number 27, so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created him male and female created he them. We can't read it without commenting. It was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Eve not Adam and Steve, okay? Male and female created to them, and God blessed them, verse 28, and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Fill it up with more of your own kind, and if you put two guys there, that wasn't going to happen. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 7, and the Lord God Genesis 2 zooms in on day number 6, gives us more detail of what took place that we just read about, Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Genesis 2, 7, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Look at verse 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him, someone who can help him, someone who is fitted to him someone who is suitable someone who will complement not as in say nice things but fit together properly right i will make him and help meet for him verse 21 the lord god caused the deep sleep to fall upon adam and he slept and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof and the rib which the lord god had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man and Adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she should be called woman because she was taken out of man therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh okay now Jesus unequivocally affirms all of what we read in Genesis 1 and 2 that's the reference Matthew 19 3 through 6 have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female don't don't, don't let anyone ever tell you Jesus never said anything about homosexuality. Jesus never said anything about gender. Jesus never said anything about creation. He absolutely did. Matthew 19, he addressed it. And even if he hadn't, you can't separate Jesus from the rest of the Godhead. The Bible's one book, okay? And all of it is the word of God. Uh, But anyway, everyone for 6,000 years has understood this, male and female, from the beginning and to the end of time. In Genesis 2, God makes the man in verse 7 and says it's not good for him to be alone in verse 18. And he determines to make a woman. Why? Because the man needs help. And that's obvious. Guys need help but need help how specifically doing what God said to do filling the earth subduing the earth taking dominion okay now when we're talking about order because because this is a rejection of God's order let me ask you the question the age-old question which came first we were in uh arizona on the indian reservation and i have no idea we were ordering eggs or chicken waffles or something and so the question was posed to the, the waitress which came first the chicken or the egg and she said the rooster she was quick it was pretty good which came first man or the woman the man the man came first why was the woman created to help the man The man could not be fruitful and multiply on his own. The man could not have dominion over the rest of creation on his own. So God made a very different but completely complementary creature, the woman. And he put the two of them together in what is absolutely most wonderful of human relationships. But if male and female exist, and they do, then why do they exist? Why are there differences between men and women? Why are we made differently by God? It's to align with the roles God has assigned to each. The differences between male and female align with the roles God has given to each. The man for leadership, for authority, for provision, for protection, the woman, for help, for support, for companionship. This is the idea that is so insufferable to modern-day enlightened Americans that the genders have different roles for which they are fitted, that men are supposed to take authority and leadership, that women are supposed to submit and help and support. But that's the way God set it up, and it works. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. Now, how does how does a rejection of this principle lead us to where we are today? Let's discuss that. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 in verse number 3. It is very obvious. We're not going to finish the lesson today. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 3. 1 Corinthians 11:3. 3. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Now, God didn't apologize for what he said, and God didn't consult us before he said it. He said the head of the woman is the man. Feminism grew out of the rejection of the patriarchy. that that, that's the word that is used to define this whole setup this whole system where the man is supposed to be in charge in the home and in society that's the patriarchy the evil patriarchy the horrible patriarchy and so there's this push beginning again probably around the 1960s to 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 get rid of this male leadership and male authority and and i am woman hear me roar Feminism, okay? Rejection of God's order. Transgenderism has the very same basis. It is a rejection of God's order. Why all the gender confusion? Because we don't want to admit that God had different things in mind for the genders when he made them. What's so interesting about this to me, this, we'll have to just finish with this. Here's what's so interesting about this to me. Feminism, rejection of God's order for creation assigned to genders. Transgenderism, rejection of God's order. It, it all comes back on the same basis, but there is a big problem between the two of those. There, there is a glaring contradiction between feminism and transgenderism because listen in order to push for a woman's rights you have to be able to identify or define what a woman is right which is we've gotten to the point now you're not supposed to be able to do that which has killed the whole idea of feminism how many of you know who jk rowling or jk rowling is okay not a bible believing christian She's the author of the Harry Potter series. She is by no means a godly lady. She is an avowed feminist. But she has enough common sense left to know that a male is a male and a female is a female. And it is very dangerous when you do things like allowing biological males who identify as females to use women's restrooms. She, 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 She has enough common sense to think that's not a good idea for very obvious reasons. To let... To let biological males into female locker rooms. That's a bad idea. That's dangerous. To allow biological males who identify as female to go to a female prison. That is dangerous. That's a bad idea. And J.K. Rowling has said these things. And she has faced the wrath of the mob and is under threat of being canceled because she's too far to the right for just making those statements. You see, feminism, transgenderism, they're going to destroy one another. Martina Navratilova. Anybody know who Martina is? Lauren? Aria. She She's a tennis player who is a nine-time Wimbledon champion. How many of you know what Wimbledon is? Play on grass, wear white shorts. Okay, Wimbledon. <laughs> really good tennis player. She's not a Bible believing Christian. She's a lesbian. She used to be held up as a spokesperson for the homosexual agenda until she said it's unfair for a man to self-identify as a female and compete against women. And now she's no longer the spokesperson. Now she's too far to the right. Now she's on the wrong side of history. Here's the takeaway that we've got to we've got to get from that. It is pointless to try to keep up with society. The goalpost Just keep moving. You've got to either be willing to keep going whatever direction the wind blows, however far that's going to take you, into whatever level of depravity it sinks to, or one day you'll be a bigot, you'll be canceled, you'll be on the wrong side of history. Might as well just go ahead and find out what the truth is from the Bible and plant yourself right there. Unless you're willing to go all the way. And it's a whole lot farther than you think. Does that make sense? So what are we supposed to do? Let me just ha- have you fill out the outline with me. What is a Christian to do? Point four. A, speak truth in love. It doesn't help anybody to go along with lies. It doesn't help anybody to stay in fairy-telling. It doesn't help people when we don't confront them with truth refuse to go along with insanity, refuse to apologize for your sanity, refuse to be bullied for not being crazy. Speak the truth in love. B, embrace biblical gender roles. It would be hypocritical for us to be critical of the transgender movement if we're not willing to put ourselves in the position God put us in in these passages. And sometime we'll study those passages and define exactly what that is but embrace biblical gender roles and see honor the institution of marriage honor the institution of marriage fornication is a sin it is a sin for people who are not married to one another to get in bed together it is a sin against god he said marriage is honorable all the bed of defiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Fornication is a sin, but it's not against nature. It is a natural desire. It is a natural impulse. It's something that God put into everyone to have that type of desire. It's just that there are boundaries. There's a certain relationship in which for that to be pursued. Homosexuality is not just a sin against God. It's a sin against nature. It is unnatural. But here's the problem. Christians' tolerance for fornication has put them in a place where it's hypocritical to be critical of homosexuality. Christians' so-called Christians, I'm air quotes, Christians' tolerance for divorce has robbed them of any credibility in speaking on those issues. What can we do? We can stand where the Bible stands on fornication. We can stand where the Bible stands on divorce. We can honor the God-given institution of marriage. We We might not be able to change society and keep it from going over the cliff, but we can honor the Lord and enjoy the blessings He intends by not only accepting the fact that there is male and female, by understanding why he did that and lining our lives up with his purposes. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that that we have clear truth from your word. Help us, Lord, to take it, use it, apply it, and minister to those around us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.